Let's Science is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. We live in a universe of scientific wonders. Every day, scientists are inching towards breakthroughs which can change our lives. We're playing our small part in sharing these wonders with you. That's why today is a fine day for science. So let's science. Let's talk about what we have managed to extract from a few a few asteroids, comets, etc. I get that wrong. That have been, anyway, near-Earth objects and what we've discovered from those. Over to you. Yeah, so I thought this time we would talk about the samples from asteroids that we've only that we've got so far, and an overview of their missions of, and some of the findings. So, basically, just to recap for those who want a, a good definition, so an asteroid is really a small rocky object that orbits the sun. They're smaller than planets, a lot smaller than planets, and most of them are found in the asteroid belt, which lies in our solar system between Mars and Jupiter. So by studying asteroids, we hope to find out the important information of our solar system and potentially the origins of life and origins of life on Earth. They're bought, they're thought to be remnants of the early solar system, and they can act as time capsules that preserve the life's earliest stages. There have been three spacecraft launched that have been tasked with approaching an asteroid and taking a sample, which was then returned to Earth. So it's just a little bit of a history and from back then and to now. So these were the JAXA or Japan Exploration Agency Hayabusa mission, which launched in 2003 and took samples from the asteroid Itokawa. These samples were returned to Earth in 2010. There was the JAXA Hayabusa 2 mission, which launched in 2014 and landed back on Earth in December 2020 from the asteroid Ryugu. And then lastly, there was the NASA OSIRIS-REx mission, which has been in the news lately, mm. that had launched in 2016 and collected samples from the asteroid Bennu. Mm. Yes, and that one landed in Utah this past September. This past September, yeah. So these three asteroids, Itokawa, Ryugu and Bennu, were chosen because of their proximity to Earth. They are all called near-Earth asteroids, which means they're relatively easy to reach with the current spacecraft technology, and it makes it easier to collect samples and return them to Earth for their analysis. They also were chosen because they are carbon-rich, and carbon, as we know, is an essential element for life, um, as we know it, and studying these samples can provide some insights into how life originated. Yeah. Um, so let's go through these asteroids and a little bit about their background and then um, a bit of what they've found on each asteroid. So we're really getting into asteroids today. <laughs> so, yeah, we always... Let's put it yeah. this way. We're the yeah. kinds of people, right, you can, have your, yeah. you, you can have your movies and your streaming and Nintendos. We love all that yeah. stuff too. But if they're live streaming a sample being returned to Earth, we're on that. You know what totally. I mean? So <laughs> we're on, we're it. on it. Yeah. Totally. Get me the popcorn. Yes. Yeah. Give me a couple. I'll watch this for yeah. five hours. You got it. <laughs> yeah. If there's a press conference about somebody talking about asteroids, I'm right there. Yeah. No worries. Yeah. yeah. Give me a good rocket launch any day. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We're totally into that. Yeah. 
Um, and we do share when there's a rocket launch yeah. and we watch it together yeah. online. So it's really good. Cool, yeah. Apart, but together. I can tell you all about so where anyway. Starship is up to. I won't, but I could. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we could do that another time. Yeah. <laughs> so let's start with asteroid Itokawa, which was an asteroid discovered in 1998 by the Lincoln Near Earth Asteroid Research Program. And that program ran for 15 years. It was a collaboration between the USA Air Force, NASA and MIT. Ground-based telescopes were used to search for near-Earth objects. This asteroid is a peanut-shaped S-type, or it's a silicaceous, I think that's how you call it, silicaceous, made of silicon, stony asteroid, measuring about 330 metres or 1,100 feet in diameter. And it's thought to be more like a pile of boulders crammed together than mm. rather than a single solid body. Yeah. Yeah, this was the first asteroid to be sampled and 1,500 regolith dust particles were collected from the surface. These particles were found to contain heated and unheated organic materials and water. They think that the organic material in the asteroid was first heated to about 600 degrees Celsius and then a further organic material as well as uh, water landed on the surface of the asteroid later on after the asteroid had cooled down. That's why you have the mixture of the heated un and unheated. This finding is pretty exciting because it gives insight into how the asteroid evolved and over time and indicates that asteroids developed chemically in a similar way to how Earth became what it is today. Mm. So pretty cool asteroid there. And obviously with all of these asteroids, they never stop studying the particles. There are always research bodies asking for samples of, of each of the asteroids. So there's always further study, but this is what they've found so Very far cool. for yeah. asteroid Itakawa. Yeah. And I think it's not very much spoken about that one, so I thought I'd bring it to the forefront Definitely. as well. Yeah. So we would have heard of asteroid Ryugu. I think a lot of people who are into this would have heard of it before. And this was from the Hayabusa 2 mission from JAXA. This one measures approximately 900 metres or 3,000 feet in diameter. It's classified as a C and B type carbon-rich asteroid. It's a diamond-shaped asteroid. It spins on an axis like a spinning top and has boulders on its surface, suggesting it was involved in impacts in the past. The Hayabusa 2 craft spent about a year and a half observing the asteroid before it took samples. Then samples were collected by first firing projectiles towards the surface and collecting the resulting debris, and this was done in 2019. I think we talked about this, and didn't they, we, as a preview? We yeah, did. About, yeah, we like did, shooting yes. an asteroid and yeah, hoping no one gets angry That's and shoots right. back. Yeah, yes, think, yeah. It, yeah, yeah, it'll be in one of our past episodes. Yeah. I don't know the number off by heart, Very the cool. episode yeah. number off by heart, but yeah, we did go into depth. Yeah. They did end up collecting about 30 milligrams of the sample from this asteroid. In July 2021, the samples were extracted and analysed. And upon analysis, they found that the asteroid contained water, carbon, nitrogen and oxygen, as well as a large variety of organic molecules, including 20 different kinds of amino acids. So we know amino acids are the base unit of proteins, which are very important life, like in our muscles are made of proteins, plants contain proteins, enzymes. So proteins are pretty important. So it's amazing they found the mm. amino acids on these asteroids. Yes. 
It's quite a significant discovery, I'd say. So in March this year, it was announced that also uracil, which is a nucleotide base of RNA, and vitamin B3, which is nice and was also found in the samples. Crazy, crazy. So that is pretty cool. And RNA is an important molecule because it's used in the translation of DNA to protein in our bodies. And now Mm. we have no proof, but it adds to the case that there could be life somewhere else if all of these molecules and proteins, etc. are common Mm. to our universe. It makes you wonder if there are... like For me, it increases the, the case that it's possible that there could be life somewhere else as well. Yeah, if you have perfect conditions yeah. like we did here on Earth, there's no reason why you wouldn't have life anywhere else. Yeah. So I totally agree. Yeah. And I guess that's what they're trying to do with missions on Mars, trying to find information about past life and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah pretty, wow. pretty exciting yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. And now studying these asteroids, we can find out where the life might have originated mm. from. So yes, the RNA is part of genetic material, also found in viruses, which is pretty cool. Oh yeah, but viruses, we don't know if we're actually life form or not Ooh. yet. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. another podcast. And we don't another like them. <laughs> They can be useful. I wouldn't say we don't like them. They can be useful, but the ones we know of that make us sick are not useful. Not a fan. fan. (laughs) Yes, no. And the B3 they found in the asteroid, vitamin B3 is important in humans for obtaining energy from food. So that's another cool Mm. thing to think about as well. It's amazing that all of these molecules were found on Ryugu really does carry the building blocks of life and supports the theory that perhaps asteroids played an important role in the origin of life on Earth. It could be the contribution of organic materials from these asteroids added to the chemical components needed to create. So that's so awesome. So yeah, early Earth getting bombarded by asteroids. Some people think that life started (laughs) from aliens anyway. (laughs) We could be alien chemicals, maybe not alien organisms. Yeah. I've seen that movie. I've seen that. Yeah. (laughs) Alien chemicals, maybe alien organic molecules and other things like that. In a recent episode, Lino and I were talking about the asteroid, the the big crater in Chichalub as well. Chichalub, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've had a lot of fun uh, fun listening to feedback about that, but there you go, an asteroid that's who knows what was on that that contributed. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Exactly, it was it an asteroid or destruction? Wasn't that an asteroid that sort of created life? <laughs> it does both. Yeah, I mean, you don't want to be in its way when it hits you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it could That's be true. contributing your next amazing vitamin that you need in your body. Yeah. So <laughs> there you go. Ouch. Yeah, understand. Oh, totally understand. Yeah. yeah. So the last asteroid I'd like to talk today talk to you today about is asteroid Bennu. So we've heard a lot about this mm-hmm. one in the news if you've been following. This one's been visited by NASA OSIRIS-REx mission. It's the first US spacecraft to collect a sample from an asteroid. So Bennu is a B-type carbon-rich asteroid. It has a diameter of 490 metres or 1,610 feet. It's thought that it's a primitive asteroid which hasn't gone undergone much in the way of geological change since its time of formation, which is, that's another good reason to have it as a target. It was probably formed in the asteroid belt between Mars and Jupiter after breaking off a large asteroid between 700 million and 2 billion years ago. And this asteroid is actually on the, get this, the century risk table, which means it's actually a potentially hazard object to Earth. Oh, According, okay. Yes. 
According to NASA, we may be getting a very close-up view of Bennu in about 159 years. So Not too close, I hope. hope it's, <laughs> hopefully it's not that close. Yeah. Wow. Bennu makes a close approach to Earth every six years and has, has had three near-Earth encounters Ooh. in 1999, 2005, and 2011. And scientists currently estimate a one in a 2,700 or 0.037% chance of Bennu impacting Earth by 2,182. So maybe, I probably miss. <laughs> NASA explained that while the chances of hitting Earth are very low, Bennu remains one of one of the two most hazardous mm. known asteroids in our solar system, along with another asteroid called 1950DA, which they haven't given it another It's a terrible name. name. <laughs> yeah. It's a terrible name. Yeah. They should call it, I don't know, Angry. Angry. Or something. <laughs> 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 close by. <laughs> anyway, close. that's just to the top of my head name. So since the sample of these asteroids have only just been returned to Earth, it'll take some time for us to know the exact chemical composition of the samples. But the first look at the sample could be seen on the container lid and base when it was retrieved and it showed a fine grain dark material. 250 grams of the sample was collected, which is the most out of all the asteroid mm, missions so far mm, mm. and more than NASA was expecting to collect because before the sample canister was stowed away after collection, samples actually seen leaking out of it. Yes. Oh, and they were wow. a bit worried. Yeah. Yes. So I remember when NASA collected the sample, they used a robotic arm mm -hmm. to touch the asteroid and shoot some nitrogen gas yes. onto the surface. Yep. I'm pretty sure we spoke about this yeah. as well. They were thinking that the asteroid wasn't going to be as soft as it was mm. and it blew much more material into the air than oh, they were expecting ouch. and, <laughs> yeah, they managed to collect quite a, a lot, bit. Yeah. Oh. Um, oh. Oh, wow. There is some great footage of this sample collection and there is a link in the show notes for this one. There's just a quick YouTube video yeah. so you can have a look. I, I um, recommend anyone actually, to watch it. It is very cool. Yeah, It's really yeah. cool. It's really cool. Yes, yeah. totally cool. Lately, actually, NASA, I think it was October 10 or 11 this year, recently, NASA did a press conference to talk about the preliminary finds that was taken from the sample Bennu, and they found that the sample is made up of hydrated clay minerals, meaning they contain water, and they're, yeah, which may, and they're made up of dust and large-sized particles. They also found that there's iron oxide-type minerals as well as carbon and organic matter when they looked at it using fluorescent microscopy and they said the sample was described as an astrobiologist's dream. Oh. So it's made up of a whole concoction of everything well. that could be beginnings of life. And all of this is actually from the sample that's outside the canister. They haven't actually opened up the canister Ooh. yet because there's so much stuff on the outside yeah. that they're very meticulous about collecting every single yeah. particle. particle. First. So, yes, they will be first doing that and then opening the canister and then having a go for it. And then they'll be open up for submissions by various yeah. scientific groups who can apply to have some sample yeah. and do some studies. That, um, that but I thought I'd also mention that OSIRIS-REx didn't, land back here. It actually kept going yeah, in as far as Apex. Yeah, it's still out there. That's yeah. it. And it's going to the Apophis asteroid to sample that oh, one as wow. well. Cool. Then I thought I'd quickly mention a couple of other quick asteroid missions. So the Lucy mission is coming up. Yes. 
that will be following a, a group of Trojan asteroids that actually follow the orbit of Jupiter around oh, the sun. Wow. So Ooh. it's currently on its way there. Yep. It wants to actually do some asteroid hopping, so going from one to another, which would be really cool. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, it's like island hopping we have. It's, it's asteroid hopping. Asteroid yes. hopping, yeah. Asteroid so hopping. cool. And yeah. then another really mm. cool one is the Psyche asteroid, which is thought to be have a high composition of metal, probably oh. nickel. Oh, nickel. And that will be launching yep. if it hasn't launched already soon. I think I – did I see that launch? I must have. So, yes. Pretty exciting. They're calling it Asteroid Autumn in NASA oh, at the moment cool. because yeah. there's so much asteroid science going <laughs> on. The planets, everything is exciting when you're talking about space. Mm-hmm. And even these little simple asteroids, they're not so simple after mm. all, as we're finding yeah. out. So, yeah. yeah, there you go. Love it. That's so good. <laughs> yeah, you can just imagine being a scientist who is working on the OSIRIS-REx like samples and I don't know how you're not excited every day you go to work. I don't even know how you. Oh. I don't even know how you'd go home because you'd just be buried oh. in that. <laughs> uh, yeah, like just the, the excitement of every it's discovery is, is something exciting. Yeah, it it's is. Very, it's yeah. true. It is. Yeah, I love it. And that's why I love watching NASA press conferences yeah. too, because all the scientists are just so excited. Yeah, that's right. They're like, all they, they just make you excited as well, yeah. and it's so great. And the science is great too. They love to explain simply things that, yeah. that they're finding or hope to find. Yeah, nice. really good. Wow. I just wanted to add as a side note quickly on a slightly different topic. We had a question in our Discord about Jupiter. We might look at that next episode unless you want to say something about it quickly now, Caroline, or do you want to look do you want to do a bit more homework about Jupiter being the vacuum cleaner? I could do a little just well, in thirty seconds. Is Jupiter the vacuum cleaner or not? I could do it, so, yeah, I could do it. it in thirty seconds. Go for it. <laughs> so basically, yes, Jupiter is thought to be the vacuum cleaner of our solar system. It has such a great gravitational pull that it pulls anything that is remotely close to it. Wow. It has about 92 moons, so that yep. just shows you what power it has. And that's basically, yes, it'll bring anything close to it. The other side of thing is the gravitational pull is so strong that it could fling stuff into the middle as well. <laughs> oh. Yes. But basically, yeah, it is thought to be the the vacuum cleaner and it probably does protect the inner planets from large objects that could otherwise just sail past and what? crash into us but yeah so there you it's go. like one of those vacuums with the reverse button that it, it can both suck things up but also blow things out blow things out. So, yeah. yeah yeah that's yeah cool thank you for that yeah. the other thing like the fascinating thing we've talked i'm sure in a previous episode we talked about how our jupiter is not in the typical place you might find a Jupiter-type planet. That's right. Most Jupiter-like planets are called hot Jupiters Mm -hmm. because they're close to the sun. That's correct, yeah. The, you could call it maybe miraculous thing about our Mm. Jupiter, it is in one of the outer planets. And, yeah, being the vacuum cleaner, you can see how it, um, does something amazing for our planet, being like a bodyguard, I guess, yeah, protecting could, from anything. Could you say it's contributed big. to the fact that we're here at all or in some way or oh, is that going too mm. far? Uh, that's something you can ponder, yeah. isn't it? I mean, you can really think about um, Earth is just the fact that we're here the place where Earth is in the solar system. Mm. It's like the Goldilocks well, sorry, thing. Yeah. It's not too hot, not too cold. If you look at Venus and you look at Mars, they both potentially could have life on them if their conditions were better. Potentially they did have life, but 
things, Mars doesn't have such a great magnetosphere for some reason and the atmosphere gets blown off. It's mostly carbon dioxide. There's evidence that there could have been water there. What happened to it? And then you look at Venus. It's got sulfurous clouds. It's hot. It's the hottest planet in the solar system because of the thick atmosphere. But when there were landers, the Russian landers actually a while ago landed there they found that there were geological features that looked very much like what was on Earth as well. Yet there's no life there that we can see. So these are fun things to think about, really. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. totally. Let's Science is brought to you by StarQuest Media and is a fortnightly podcast that brings you the scientific wonders of our universe from a distinctly Catholic point of view. For more from Caroline, Lindsay, and friends, listen to the StarQuest show, Catholics of Oz. Find links from today's show at sqpn.com slash science and find the Catholics of Oz at sqpn.com slash Oz. Be sure to follow the show in Apple Podcasts, Google Play, wherever you can find podcasts or on the SQPN YouTube channel. The generous donations of our patrons at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue Let's Science and all the shows at StarQuest, which makes our nonprofit mission possible. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. Join us next time for more scientific wonders. And thank you for listening to Let's Science on StarQuest. Here's another show on the StarQuest network you're sure to enjoy. PlayStation Portable. Find it wherever fine podcasts are found or at starquest.fm slash PSP.